Let us turn our attention now to the scripture. We'll be reading from Mark 1, starting in verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go to the neighboring town, so that I may proclaim that message there also, for that is why I came out to do. And, went, and he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, I booked myself a vacation. I love to travel, but COVID has kept me pretty grounded this past year. So last week, I got tired of waiting to see when travel would be possible again. And I took a leap of faith. There's a time to wait and a time for action, we read in Ecclesiastes. There's a time to be optimistic and a time to be practical, which is also why I bought travel's insurance. Have you ever just got an ache to get on the move, to go on a trip, to jump in the car or on a plane and to take off? I have that ache from time to time. And I also think Jesus had that ache because in the book of Mark we find a man on the move, jumping from one miracle to the next, from one town to the other, Always moving, casting out demons, healing, and teaching. In our story for today, it comes right after the story from last week, where we see Jesus casting out the demons of a man in the synagogue. And we can't separate these two stories. Even the writer of Mark, he connects them together saying, As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house. Jesus and his new community of disciples, they walked from the very public scene of the synagogue to the private scene of a home. You see, the work of God does not stop once we leave the holy houses of worship. Instead, it goes with us and brings about healing right where we are, even in a bedroom, like in our story today. You see, God's work cannot be contained in only one location. God's work is not just in the holy places of our lives, but that same healing work can be found in the mundane and the ordinary places too. God's work is not static. God's work is always moving and active around us. So when we limit the scope of God's work to only certain places, we handicap the power of God in our own lives. God's work will not be contained. God's work not only crosses the boundaries of location, but also of gender in the story we just read. You see, in the synagogue, it was a man who needed God's action. This week in our scripture, it's a woman. And it is significant that the first person 
physically healed in the book of Mark was someone who had been seen as a second-class citizen, someone on the margins, a woman. If we read between the lines of this story and focus on the small detail that this woman was living in the house of her son-in-law, we can also assume that she is a widow. A woman's place in the society was determined by the men who were in her life. The men were the ones who provided safety and security. When you were a girl, it was your father's job to take care of you and provide your social standings. Then it became your husband's. And after his death, the responsibility moved to your sons or to your closest male relatives like your son-in-law. Right from the very beginning of the book of Mark, we're being reminded that God's healing and action extends out to all. Those at the very center of society and those who are on the outside. Mark uses the details of his story to reveal truths about God and how God shows up in the world around us. So it's important that we focus on the details. We've already looked at who was being healed and where they were healed. So let us turn our attention to the illness itself. Simon's mother-in-law is in bed with a fever. So remember that this is a world that does not know the power of antibiotics. Her illness was serious enough to take her away from her duties at home and to take her away from the rest of the family. She's in bed, isolated. Not only are there physical pains associated with being sick, but there is social cost as well. She can't perform her household duties so she's stuck in bed while the life and activity of her family goes on around her. Her sickness has taken her away from those so important social connections that she had. Many of us can relate to that. Because of a disease, we've, had to, we've seen social isolation grow in our own world. Many of us have faced weeks in quarantine. We've seen schools move online to protect teachers, staff, and students. Most of us have had to adapt the way that we interact with our coworkers. We learn to cover our smiles and our noses when we're out in public to protect ourselves and each other, taking away our ability to exchange smiles. Being separated from each other is hard. We know this. We're supposed to be in community. And the woman in the story knows this, and so does her family. They're worried enough about her that they take Jesus to her as soon as he walks in the house. Remember, Jesus is a man on the move, going from miracle to miracle. No time to rest, no time to stop, because the kingdom of God is breaking out and it will not and cannot be stopped. In fact, 14 times in the first two chapters of Mark alone, we find hints of urgency in the work of Jesus. Three times in the story from last week and today's stories, we're told that Jesus does something immediately. God's power cannot and will not be held back. There is a time to wait and a time to act, and God is acting now. I've only been here at Benson Baptist a short amount of time, but I can already see God's work here in this place, in this congregation. I've witnessed teenagers and adults showing up at Bama Food Pantry 
to take God's work outside of the church building. I've seen volunteers work hard each Sunday to make sure that we're able to share our worship online so that all of us can stay connected to God and to each other. I've listened as teenagers have talked about the type of youth group that they want to grow right here in our church. And I've heard conversations about how our church can join together to cast a vision and goals for this year and well beyond. God is here, moving and working. And God is calling each of us to do our part in that work. When God starts working, how should we respond? And I believe that we can answer that question by looking at the rest of the story this morning. Jesus goes to Simon's mother-in-law. He reaches out his hand and he lifts her up, healing her. And her response to being healed is to get to work. It tells us that she begins to serve them right then and there. When God shows up in our lives, it should lead us to serve others. She is not only healed physically, but she is also restored into relationship with her family and those around her. Healing in the book of Mark is all, isn't just about being restored physically. It's about finding your place in community again. Healing is directly related to being responsible to those around us. You will hear me say over and over again that we cannot separate our love for God and our love for people. The foundation of our Christian faith is to love God with all that we are and to love others as much as we love ourselves. The woman in the story today, she understands this because her first response to the power of God in her own life is to get up and to serve others. God is calling us to follow her example. God has shown up for us here at Benson Baptist time and time again. Responding to God's action in our own lives and church, it calls us to roll up our sleeves and to reach out in love and service. The focus of our story now shifts back to public healings. After the Sabbath is officially over, at sundown, a crowd shows up at Simon and Andrew's home. They're bringing their sick and their possessed to be healed. Word is out that healing is possible, and the whole city is showing up. When God is at work, people take notice. When God starts working, we should respond like the crowd did. We should share that good news with everyone around us. The crowd comes because they've heard that God is working and they want to experience it for themselves. Not only do they want to experience it, but they want others to experience it as well. So they bring the sick and the possessed. I picture a crowd carrying those who were bedridden, leading the blind, helping provide support to the lame, and holding the hand of those who are possessed as they inch closer to where Jesus is. Sometimes we need folks to come alongside us to help us find true healing. It's a beautiful picture of community. Those who are healthy, willing to put love into action, and those who are sick, willing to be vulnerable. 
and accept help. There are people all around us who are looking for some type of healing. So let's respond to God's movement in our own lives by joining in community with each other. True healing cannot happen in a vacuum, separated from others. Once again, in our passage, our story shifts from the public to a much more private moment for Jesus. He gets up alone before the sun and goes out to a deserted place to pray. Jesus is a man of action who knows where his strength and his power comes from. They come from God, and he seeks God out in ways to be alone and reconnect. While Jesus is out alone, we learn that Simon and the others, they've been looking for him. When God starts working, we should respond by looking for Jesus too. Seeking to be as close to him as we can. We cannot know where God is leading us if we don't stay grounded in our relationship with God. When a couple is dancing together, there is always one who leads. That is if they're a good dance couple. The leader doesn't scream out what direction to move or how to move. Go right now, move back now. Instead, they use their own body to direct the dance. The ability for the two dancers to move as one comes down to how close they are to each other. If we want to follow God's call for ourselves and our church, we have to step closer to God. As we move closer to God, we will find our steps being guided by the Holy Spirit. As we experience God working around and through us, as we respond to God's work, we will find it natural to serve others, share the good news, to lean into community, and to draw closer to Jesus and to each other. So this week, I want to invite you to reflect on today's story and to respond by asking yourself these questions that will be on the screens how am I responding to where I see God working in my own life, in my own church, and in the larger world? How am I responding to where I see God working in my own life, in my own church, and in the larger world? Ask yourself those questions, and when you have an answer, roll up your sleeves and get to work. Because God is working now, and God is inviting each of us to join in that good work. Amen.